Hey everyone, before we jump right into the story, I just wanted to let you know that the goal of today's episode, besides the usual feel-good stuff, is to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Check the links in the description and stick around to the end to learn more about why I'm doing this and how else you can help. All right, thanks so much. Let's get to it. Penelope's domain was a small island in the kingdom that her parents, the king and queen, ruled over. The whole kingdom consisted of dozens of islands, some large and some small, but this one island was hers to look after. Cell, they called it, and it had been entrusted to her by her parents. It was her responsibility to make sure all who lived there thrived, that the island itself thrived. Those who lived there quickly became her friends, from the people to the animals to the very forest itself. Penelope loved her island. Being the daughter of a king and queen, of course, made her a princess. But she wasn't the sitting-on-a-throne-look-at-me kind of princess. Well, mostly. Sometimes you had to sit on the throne and let people look at you. It was part of the job. But whenever possible, Penelope was out and about on the island, and today was a day like that. She wore boots and slacks, a comfortable, long-sleeved black shirt, and held a pack of supplies on her shoulder ready for any adventure, for any direction she had to go that day. The sun was bright that morning, the last heat of summer clinging to the air as fall was beginning to sweep in. She walked through the center of the village, stopping at all the various shops, sometimes buying something, other times just greeting her subjects, her friends. Morning, princess, said Esmeralda. She sold fresh berries, and Penelope could never resist a stop there. Good morning, Ez. Penelope said. The usual. They smiled at each other while Esmeralda pulled a basket from beneath her table, Penelope's order already made. They both laughed, made their exchange, and then Penelope continued her way through the village, her new basket of berries in hand. Before she made it to her next stop, Penelope suddenly began to feel odd. A pressure filled her chest and her hands went numb, causing her to drop her berries. She reacted quickly, one hand grasping her chest, the other reaching for the basket she dropped, and then everything went black. Whispers. No, they were shouts, just distant. Penelope strained her brain and her body to hear, but she felt like she was swimming in a pool of honey. Everything sounded muffled, and her body felt stuck. Then a hand was on her cheek, comforting. Princess? The voice was stronger, the words peeking through the fog. They were concerned. Princess! Penelope wanted to respond to this voice. It was familiar, and the call for her came together with the hand rubbing her cheek. Princess! The voice was more than concerned. It was afraid. Penelope's eyes opened in a flash, and she sat up, quickly clutching her chest where the pain she felt earlier lingered, but only just. In front of her, Esmeralda was kneeling. Es? She croaked. What happened? Esmeralda didn't respond. Instead, she began to weep, tears pooling in her eyes before falling down her cheek. She held Penelope's hand, holding on for comfort and support. Penelope's focus moved beyond Esmeralda to the village around her. 
Everything was in disarray. Every building was broken to some degree. Most still stood with doors off the hinges or parts of roofs missing, but some were completely flattened, only sticks and stones remaining. Penelope was on her feet, all pain and weakness leaving her mind. Her village was attacked, and she had been unconscious through it, unable to defend it. Her mind tried to take it all in. What happened to her? And another question. She knelt in front of Esmeralda, putting her hands on her shoulders. What happened here, Es? I need to know what you saw. The woman looked into Penelope's eyes, and through her tears, she whispered, A monster! Welcome to More Than a Story, where each episode is an original short story and a little more. At the end of each episode, I'll talk briefly about an idea you can take away from it, something to inspire you or make you think. Ideas that help us take a look at our own story so we can make it something truly awesome. My name is Derek Hennig, and it's my mission here and in everything I do to fill your day with something good. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's story, The Power of P. All right. Let's get to it. It was nearly midnight when Penelope finished talking with her parents, the king and queen. They each had a special and magical mirror that allowed them to call upon each other and speak even though they were far apart. Penelope left her mirror room, which contained only that mirror and a small seat, and went to her bedroom. She was exhausted and now had a long journey to begin in the morning. Penelope told her advisor what she needed to be prepared and then fell asleep within a minute of her head hitting the pillow. The next morning, before the sun had risen above the rooftops, Penelope was atop her horse Oreo, with packs of supplies hanging over the sides, riding towards the forest on the far side of the island. She comforted a few villagers as she rode, explaining where she was going. To get answers she would say, and they understood the rest. On a distant island, a day's boat ride away, lived the strange witch and wizard, and when the world brought mysteries, they often had answers. Yet their answers often came in riddles or part truths, up to the listener to interpret correctly. They were indeed strange, but as Penelope and her parents decided, that was the best course of action. Even half-truths or riddles were better than no information. A monster that could destroy buildings in minutes was nothing they'd ever heard of before. It came in so fast, no one could describe much of what it looked like, but everyone agreed that it was a monster of some kind. Penelope and Oreo reached the edge of the forest, and she smiled as she saw someone bound out of the shadow of the trees and onto the trail in front of her. Well, someone might be a stretch to describe her friend. His fur was mostly purple, with some white fur on the stomach. He had long, flapping ears, and he was a rabbit. And his name was... Hi, rabbit, Penelope said, although it wasn't what she said that mattered, but what she thought. Princess, rabbit replied, and the words echoed in her mind, soft and kind. You seek the magical ones? Penelope kept walking Oreo forward on the trail, rabbit hopping alongside her, entering the forest together. Yes. She said, I need answers to what attacked us yesterday. A whimper of sorts filled Penelope's mind, coming from Rabbit. 
Not words, but an emotion. Did you see what it was? Penelope asked. Rabbit stopped hopping and Penelope pulled Oreo to a stop. It was like a black cloud, Rabbit began. It swarmed, big as a house, moving fast. It broke apart and came back together. And, and... Rabbit shuddered. What? Penelope said. What else? It... I swear that when it left, it was bigger. They both remained still and quiet for at least a whole minute while they took in the information. Then, Penelope pushed aside any fear and looked into Rabbit's eyes. We don't have time to waste then. If you're coming with me, she knew he would, then we must run to the shore as fast as we can, row and sail faster than we've ever done, and return here with answers just as quickly. Rabbit nodded once and then ran with surprising speed ahead. Penelope kicked Oreo into action and raced forward after her friend. Notria, the island where the witch and wizard lived, was even smaller than Cell, Penelope's island. They had arrived faster than she anticipated, having caught favorable winds almost the whole way, not needing to row much at all. Three other boats were already beached on the shoreline, and Penelope sailed her boat onto the sand with them. She hopped out with Rabbit, splashing her boots into the shallow water. Three soldiers from the king and queen's personal guard stepped forward to greet them. With Rabbit alongside her, the soldiers escorted her through the woods to the island's center, where a small cottage rested, surrounded by a dozen smaller outbuildings. Some of the outbuildings had their doors open, and Penelope could see herbs and other plants hanging to dry in one, jars of food in another, and wood in yet another. The rest had their doors closed, and smoke billowed out of a small chimney from one of them. In front of the cottage, the king and queen stood on the edge of a fire circle, and the witch and wizard sat calmly on the other side. Tiny flames flickered up from the fire pit between them, yet Penelope saw no wood or coals inside the small stone circle. Let's go, Penelope said in her mind to Rabbit, and they both walked forward. She greeted her parents with long hugs. The king and queen gave Rabbit a heartfelt pat on the head and scratch behind the ear. Then they all faced the aged witch and wizard, and the old couple stared back, everyone waiting for something to happen, for something to be said. Penelope stepped around the fire pit and approached the magical couple, who simply looked back, still not saying a word. Rabbit stayed close to her, moving where she moved. Hi, she began. I'm Penelope, princess of the Charlotte Islands, protector of Cell, and we've come here to ask for your help or, at the very least, some information. There's... The witch raised her hand to stop Penelope from talking. We know why you've come, the witch said. And information is all we can give, the wizard said. But, the king began, but the glare from the witch caused him to stop speaking. That, Penelope thought, was a first. The wizard stood and walked around the fire pit to address the king and queen. It is not a lack of desire to help. This monster that has come is one we would gladly lend our aid to defeat. But it is impossible, the witch said, also standing. This monster is unique. It is a parasite that feeds upon a single person's life force. The witch turned to Penelope, placing a hand on her shoulder. It is attached to you, my dear, and will follow you. It attacked your island and will attack no other. It will come for you and for no other. And, 
the wizard cut in, his eyes looking grim. It can only be defeated by you, princess. This was not the news she was expecting to hear. It wasn't what anyone was expecting to hear, especially the king and queen. What do you mean we can't help? The king roared. We have an army to fight this monster, any monster. The witch looked at the king, and her eyes filled with understanding and compassion. This monster, as we said, is attached to your daughter's life force. No other can damage it without harming the princess as well. If your soldiers attack this parasite, they'll also be attacking her. The king and queen looked at each other and grasped each other's hands. They looked at Penelope, and she could see their look of helplessness and concern. They could always protect her, but now she was on her own. Penelope was so deep in her thoughts that she didn't notice that the witch had moved away from her parents and now stood beside her. Just because we can't help physically the witch said, her eyes flickering with mystery. It doesn't mean we can't help in other ways. Meaning, Penelope said. Meaning, said the wizard, moving to join his companion beside Penelope, that we will not leave you without information. Information, the witch said, that can help you conquer this monster. Pay close attention, for these words will be your savior in your darkest hour. You, Penelope, hold the power of P. With this power, you can defeat your foe. Remember, you hold the power of P, and it can be your savior in your darkest hour. Penelope left the island of Notria with Rabbit, heading back to Cell, her mind filled with too many thoughts and emotions to hold on to any one of them for too long. She figured this was a good thing, as each thought threatened to overwhelm her. First was leaving her parents behind. She had insisted they not follow in their boats, as she didn't want them to get hurt by this monster just because they were too close to her. The monster may not directly attack anyone, as the witch and wizard said, but the attack on the village proved that those around her could still get hurt. It took some convincing, but they saw reason in the argument, promising to research all they could to help find other solutions to destroying this monster. Next, thinking about making the same argument to Rabbit, but as they could hear each other's thoughts, Rabbit quickly rejected the idea, and she didn't push too hard to try and change his mind. Rabbit was fast and could run for cover, she told herself. But really, she was just happy to have a friend with her. Then, trying to understand what the witch and wizard meant by their information. The power of P? What did that even mean? They said she held this power, but that made no sense as she didn't possess any magical abilities outside of being able to communicate with Rabbit. And that, she firmly believed, was more to do with Rabbit than with herself. Finally, there was the most challenging thought and decision to hold on to. The fact that she wouldn't run. She would face this monster head on. She would return to cell, position herself as far from the villagers as possible, and wait for the monster to come for her. Then, what would happen next was hard to imagine. Penelope could fight. The king ensured she had some training with the sword and bow. But she'd never been in a battle, let alone in a battle against a giant, parasitic monster. Is there any other option? 
she said to Rabbit as they sailed. Rabbit didn't say anything in response, but instead moved closer to her in the boat and laid down next to her legs. The message was clear to Penelope. Whatever happens next, I'll be there. They again made the journey between the islands in record time. The winds were once more at their backs the whole way, pushing them forward. She suspected the witch and wizard had something to do with that. Penelope pulled the boat up to the dock, and one of her guards was there waiting to help tie the boat. She and Rabbit hopped onto the dock, and Penelope immediately sprang into action. Roger, she said to the guard, I must move quickly. She began walking down the dock, the guard and Rabbit following, on her way to get her horse, Oreo. I need you to take a message to the villagers and to the rest of the guard. I am taking Oreo to Stone Valley, and everyone is to stay as far away from there as possible. Naturally, the guard had some objections. Penelope explained what she could on their short walk to Oreo, and the rest had to be accepted through a direct order. She was the princess, after all. With that taken care of, she left the guard to deliver her message, and she kicked Oreo into a gallop, Rabbit keeping pace beside them. The Stone Valley was not exactly cleverly named, as it was a shallow valley of dark brown and gray stone. It was bowl-shaped, and the only thing that grew there was the occasional bit of moss, the perfect arena for a battle. The area wasn't inhabited, as nothing could grow there, so no wandering villagers should come this way. She was alone, besides Rabbit and Oreo, as she wanted, or as she needed. It didn't take long for the odd sensations to return to her, the pain in her chest, the numbness in her hands and feet. This time, though, she was prepared for it and focused her mind to overcome the pain, to stay awake and present. In the distance, a black cloud moved toward her. Penelope pulled a sword from inside the packs that draped over Oreo's back, then gave Oreo a smack on the behind, sending her away. The cloud got closer. The edges of the form moved constantly, never keeping a solid shape for long. Penelope looked at Rabbit. With only a glance, no words needing to be spoken, Rabbit nodded and hopped off after Oreo. The monster approached, reaching the far end of the stone valley across from Penelope. She raised her sword and charged. What am I doing? She thought as she ran towards the dark form. She only had a sword against this giant dark thing, but the witch and wizard said she had the power inside of her to defeat this monster. The power of P, whatever that was. Moments from their clash, Penelope pushed the doubtful thought from her mind and then swung her sword. The sword's steel collided with the dark form and, indeed, sliced it. The monster was more liquid-like than smoke, and the black, liquid-like texture burst into white smoke when her sword connected. The monster swarmed around her. The large gas she had just created wasn't visible for long as its form moved to fill the space. At least she knew her sword did something. Emboldened by that thought, Penelope charged again. The dark monster's form moved and was suddenly all around her, encasing her in a circle. It slowly squeezed closer inward, threatening to suffocate or crush her. She didn't wait around to find out what the effect would be. Penelope jumped to her left and slashed, white smoke filling the air where she struck. Then, to the right, she cut twice. 
back to her left, and then back to her right. She slashed and slashed with her sword, white smoke clouding the inside of the circle the monster had created. Then she saw sunlight peeking through a hole in the monster's form. As it continued to squeeze tighter, Penelope dove, making one last slashing motion. Penelope tried to roll as she hit the ground, but landing on the stone still hurt. As she stood, though, facing the monster, she noticed more pain than the landing could have caused. In fact, she felt pain all over. She was tired and her muscles ached, but it was more than that. Throughout her body, she was beginning to feel a weakness wash over her. She tried to ignore it and approached the monster yet again. The monster didn't try to encase her or do anything this time. It seemed to be moving slower. Good, she thought. She was making progress. Penelope slashed at the edges, then cut through the monster's middle. Then she was on her knees, her strength leaving her. She didn't understand. It wasn't just fatigue. With each slash she made, she felt weaker. Impossible, she thought, as she gave one more slice. White smoke billowed up from the monster, and Penelope fell backward, barely holding herself upright enough to see the monster and to keep a grip on her sword. Fortunately, the monster seemed as weak as she was. It looked smaller, but it wasn't gone, and she had no strength left to swing her sword. The monster seemed equally unable to attack. They stood, staring at each other, if a cloud-like, blob-like monster could stare. Penelope knew she needed to run and regain her strength, but couldn't move. Footsteps sounded to her left. Someone was running. Then, hands were on her shoulders, and her eyes focused on the face of the person kneeling over her. Her brother, Prince Ciro. Penelope, he said, giving her a shake. She smiled. Good, he continued with relief, smiling back. He whistled, and the sound of galloping hooves on the stone grew closer. Ciro helped her to her feet, keeping their eyes on the monster before them, but it didn't attack. Ciro helped her into the saddle of Oreo and then mounted his own horse. They rode close together toward the forest, Ciro keeping a hand ready to grab his sister if she began to fall, but she held on. Penelope felt more exhausted than ever in her life. She didn't know anyone could feel like this. Her eyes were closing. The scene ahead of her began to disappear, fading away. Then a hand was on her shoulder. Penelope, came a soft woman's voice. Penelope opened her eyes to see the nurse smiling at her. She managed a small smile in return. You're done for today. Her mom was right behind the nurse, and her dad was right behind her. Her brother was sitting next to her. The nurse worked to remove the ivy needle from her arm, and she looked the other way. She didn't like seeing it. Her mom was by her side to help her up and out of the comfortable chair she'd been in during the chemotherapy treatment. Then, she picked up her wig on the table beside her. Hers was purple, matching her stuffed rabbit, and it made her smile. Penelope looked back at the IV bags beside her chair, to the empty one. Sometimes, she thought, reality really, really bites. Leukemia wasn't something Penelope had ever heard of until she'd been diagnosed. Blood cancer. A certain kind of monster, for sure. It was over a year since that day, since the doctors told her what was happening, since her parents became extremely worried and, at the same time, optimistic. It was hard to grasp for everyone, especially Penelope. 
She would be fighting for her life and unsure how to take that in. Reality is sometimes hard like that. But Penelope wanted those around her to feel okay too. She didn't want them to worry or to feel sad. So she decided she would beat this thing inside her. Penelope's parents and brother became her cheerleaders and support, along with so many others. Her mom told her about all the people rooting for her who had reached out and they read the messages together. That was pretty cool. Most of the people she had never met or heard of before. That night, after her chemotherapy treatment, they had dinner together, the four of them at home. Then it started to hit her. A sick feeling washed over her, nausea and aches. It was time for bed. And a half hour later, that's where she was. Her parents tucked her in, and she held onto Rabbit for comfort. Rabbit, her favorite stuffed animal, always made things a little bit better. Her mom read her a story, and somewhere in the middle, she fell asleep. Princess Penelope awoke in the forest at night. The warmth and light of a fire made her smile. Slowly, she sat herself up. Her body still ached and her head felt foggy. Rabbit was suddenly by her side, nestling under her arm, helping hold her up and providing comfort. Thank you, she said in her head. Rabbit said nothing back, but she felt his concern and joy. Welcome back, her brother said. Prince Ciro sat beside her, leaning against a tree trunk. How long have I been asleep? Penelope said. A full day. And I still feel this awful, she thought. This worried her. How was she going to defeat this monster? How did you even know where to find me, or to find me? Ciro smiled. Mom and Dad, after you convinced them to go your separate ways, they returned to have another conversation with the witch and wizard. How does... Her brother held up his hand. They knew they couldn't help you directly, but they figured we could help you in other ways. The wizard entered my magical mirror, the one we used to communicate with each other, and Mom and Dad explained everything to me. Then, Ciro held up a piece of parchment. The witch was able to bewitch a piece of parchment for us all to communicate easier. I write a message here. It disappears and turns up on a piece of parchment mom and dad have. I'm closer to sell than them, so I came. You shouldn't have come, Penelope said. I went through this with mom and dad. The monster could have killed you. I don't think so, he said. I was watching from a distance with your rabbit and Oreo. You were amazing, by the way. But... As you slowed down, so did the monster. As you needed rest, so did it. And when you were on the verge of collapsing, that monster seemed frozen. That's when I made my move. We may not be able to help you fight that thing, but we can help you get to cover and help you rebuild your strength when you need it. Penelope thought about this. She couldn't deny that it was nice to have her brother there, by her side. Someone else to help her if she needed to be pulled away. After her first battle with the monster and how it ended, what choice did she have? Okay, she said, but you can only pull me away if I need it. Ciro nodded. What's your plan? Do you have any ideas on how to beat that thing? Penelope thought for a while and her brother waited patiently. It must be like training. I need to keep fighting it, keep meeting it head on, and my endurance and strength could grow. Like learning to run farther and faster. You need to run. I just need to keep fighting it. That's as good a plan as any, Ciro said. Get your strength back and then you'll try again. I'll tell mom and dad what we're up to. Ciro began to write a message to their parents and Penelope sat and thought. The monster scared her. She couldn't deny it. The destruction of the village was so devastating. How it wrapped around her during their fight, threatening to crush her. 
made her feel small. As her parents taught her, though, there was only one choice here. Let the fear take over or face it. She could do that for them, for the people of Cell, and for herself. With that finalizing conclusion in her mind, Penelope went back to sleep to continue recovering her strength. The sooner she was ready to fight, the better. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from the story to remind everyone that the goal of today's episode is to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS. Links are in the description to donate and stick to the end to learn more about why I'm doing this and how else you could help. Okay, back to the story where we're going to learn what the power of P really is. Princess Penelope woke by the fire after another battle with the monster. Her fourth battle. Her brother and rabbit were there as well, the prince having pulled her away again. The last three fights were nearly identical to the first one. She wasn't gaining any endurance. The fights weren't lasting longer. As with the first battle, as the monster weakened, she weakened. Eventually, they reached an impasse and neither monster nor Penelope could fight. The only good thing that Penelope could see was that her island, Cell, hadn't experienced any more attacks from the monster. The village was rebuilding, and the villagers were safe. They had sent messages to her, knowing the battle she was fighting, with words of encouragement, and every time she read them, it seemed to help her. It helped her fight another day, and as long as she fought, Cell was safe. After some food and a day of rest, Penelope needed to think. She left their camp, told Rabbit to stay for a while, and went for a walk in the forest. She needed a new idea. I can't fight like this forever, she reasoned. At some point, she might not recover her strength, or the battling would become too tiresome, and if she waited just a little too long to meet the monster, it might attack the island somewhere. Right now, it was either fight indefinitely or give up. Neither option felt good, so she walked. The power of P, she said, trying yet again to understand the words of the witch and wizard. You hold the power of P, which can save you in your darkest hour. It made no sense. She couldn't fathom what it meant, and this was undoubtedly her darkest hour, feeling trapped, cornered. Making no headway with that approach, she just walked and tried to let her mind go blank. She tried to feel calm and let the stress and anxiety leave her. Over a month of fighting had its effects on her, both mentally and physically. Penelope wandered through the forest, letting her mind go wherever it wanted, pulling it back if she began to think about the monster. At those times, she tried to shift things to happy thoughts. Childhood memories, fun times with her brother and parents, and good times with friends. Then, she would stop thinking deliberately and let her mind wander again. After an hour of walking, her feet began to take her back to the campsite. It was in that moment, in that seemingly inconsequential moment, that a surge of energy filled her. Strength poured back into her faster than the days of rest she'd needed earlier. What was that? She thought. How? Penelope retraced her steps, but the paths she walked didn't seem to matter. Then she remembered her thoughts and focused on that same thought again. The surge of energy through her was even more extraordinary. 
She expanded the thought, and more strength filled her. The answer was right in front of her for weeks. She just didn't connect the dots. Penelope smiled, a happy tear forming in her eye. She held the power of P. She understood now and was ready for another fight. There was only one tiny seed of doubt in her mind now, as Penelope crossed the stone valley, staring down the monster rushing to greet her. Yet, her confidence in the witch and wizard outweighed this, and she chose to trust in their message. She chose to trust in the power of P. Now just seconds from clashing with the monster, she raised her sword, screamed a battle cry, and then swung her sword with a new determination. The sword sliced through the dark form, releasing white smoke into the air. As with her other fights, the monster tried to surround her, close her in, and overwhelm her. Penelope fought with her usual fervor, slicing and cutting her way out of the traps until, again, she faced the massive cloud-like form in its entirety. They both paused, not attacking, just assessing each other. Penelope could feel it now, the draining energy, and she knew the monster felt it too. It was a stalemate. Penelope knew what would happen next. She would continue to attack, and they would both continue to weaken until neither could fight any further. Her brother would come and get her, and the recovery process would begin again. That's how it would happen. If she did things as before. But this time, she had a new power. Penelope began to think. She thought of the letters from the villagers of Cell, cheering for her, rooting for her, sending her blessings. Strength and energy began to fill her up, and most importantly, removing all her doubts. The monster remained still and weakened. Penelope thought of Rabbit, always by her side. Then her brother, fighting to help her, ready to do anything. Power filled her in a rush, and she gasped with the strength she felt. The monster remained still. The power of P, the power of people, was the secret. It was the power of people who cared for each other, who cared for her. Penelope charged yet again, but at full strength, and began cutting down the dark form. White smoke billowed around her so much she could hardly see. Her energy drained with each slice, but she did not stop. Instead, as she attacked, she focused on her parents, who sailed to an island to help her, and who would have stood between this monster and herself if possible. Strength poured back into her as she made another sweep of her sword. The monster was getting so small now that her last cut divided it in half. The dark cloud quickly formed together, back as one whole, but now not much larger than herself. Penelope thought of the witch and wizard, offering their help to a stranger, even if she was a princess. They helped her to know what she was facing and how to deal with it. It may have been in riddle form, but perhaps that's how the magic worked. You had to discover the power for yourself. Six more slices and the monster was a blob the size of her head. Penelope walked forward, keeping her thoughts on the people who loved her and supported her in so many different ways. She cut once, twice, and then a third time. A single, floating black dot was all that remained. But she would not leave even that behind. With a bit of flair, she spun and brought her sword down in a sweeping arch to slice the final bit of the monster into white smoke. She felt fully energized as she scanned the area for any blackness. 
There was nothing left. It was over. Penelope, princess of the Charlotte Islands, protector of Cell, rode atop Oreo with her brother on one side of her and Rabbit keeping pace on her other. They rode together into the village and down the central street. The villagers at first looked on in wonder and confusion. Then they began to whisper and then call out to her. Some began to cheer. She didn't stop, however. She continued to ride up and out of the city center towards her castle. Villagers followed in waves. Inside the castle courtyard, Penelope dismounted and continued to the front door. She climbed the stone stairs to the very top. A small door opened into the bell tower, and she stepped inside. Glancing behind her, she smiled at her brother and rabbit, who had followed her closely. Below, she could see the villagers gathering in the castle courtyard. Penelope rang the bell. It was loud, beyond loud, but she didn't care. She just kept ringing the bell. Below, the villagers cheered, understanding. And then, they weren't villagers anymore. And she wasn't in a bell tower. Penelope rang the bell in the hallway of the hospital. Doctors and nurses surrounded her, her parents, and her brother as they all cheered and cried happy tears. After over two years, she was ringing the bell. The monster was gone. She was cancer-free. It was over. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story and it struck a chord with you. They say that in every work of fiction, there's a bit of truth. In today's story, that's particularly accurate. Penelope is a real person, although she's not a princess living on an island. She's the daughter of my wife's cousin, Greg. In 2020, at six years old, she was diagnosed with leukemia. I have some insight into the challenges they faced as a family and how Penelope felt throughout this journey. But really, I could only guess at the full scope of emotions and hurdles they went through while I was writing the story. What else was real? Rabbit is real. The stuffed animal version of him, that is. But the most important truth is that in the summer of 2022, Penelope rang that bell in the hospital, leaving cancer-free. As I said at the beginning of this episode, the goal of this story is to raise money for LLS, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. But it also has my usual goals of filling your day with something good and making us think. And also, as usual, life seems to present certain themes at certain times. Most recently, that theme or idea has indeed been about the power of P, the power of people. Before Greg recruited my wife and me to join their LLS fundraising team, which they named Team Power of P, this idea of people power came up at the school where I work. We had just witnessed students, faculty, and parents, a battle lost regarding property being seized for a road project and many of our beautiful trees beginning to be cut down for the project. The kids watched as some of their favorite trees were brought down, knowing that more would soon fall. They didn't know why it was happening. So we explained the gist of it, about eminent domain and how our school's founder and many others fought to try and protect those trees. We learned how that effort failed years ago, and now we're seeing the result of that. I finished this discussion by asking them all the questions I'm going to ask you now. What is the power of a single voice? 
And how many voices and people does it take to make a change in our communities and our world? For our school, the many voices that came together just weren't enough. They needed more people power. Or perhaps it's about the right voices in the right positions. Maybe some voices ring louder than others. Either way, I still believe that we reach those voices by connecting with more people. Ultimately, that's what it will always come down to. People. More and more people. Collective thought has power. Collective beliefs unite. Collective actions change things. Period. And that's what we're doing now for Team Power of P. We're collectively coming together to raise funds for LLS so they can continue their amazing work, such as helping families financially, providing free nutrition plans for patients, educating families going through this, and researching less harmful treatments for kids. That's just a few things. And now I'm going to ask you, will you join this collective? Before you answer, know that I promise not to ask too much of you. Here's how you can join in and help. First, you can donate by following the link in the description. $10 would be great. More would be a bonus. Second, you can purchase a Power of P t-shirt by following the other link in the description. All profits there will go directly to LLS. Third, and the most important step, please share this. Power of people, right? Well, we need more people. Would you share this episode with at least three people who have not heard about it. You can post it on Facebook, sure, but could you think of three specific people to reach out to and encourage them to listen? That would have a more significant impact than just a general share, although that's still good. Time is a factor here, as we are fundraising until the end of May 2023. If it's way past that by the time you listen to this, don't worry, you can still donate to LLS through their website, and I'd still encourage you to do so. What's that? You want to do more? Okay. As you think about sharing, can you think of companies that might match donations or donate larger amounts? Let's do it. If you need to reach me, contact me through Instagram or my website, and I can get things started with our LLS connection. Both links are in the description of this episode. Thank you all for helping, participating, and making this episode truly more than a story. Cheers to the power of people, and a very special cheers to Penelope and everyone going through similar challenges. Perhaps before we sign off, we can collectively send our thoughts and love to them, as we all probably know someone who has gone through or is going through this. Let's take a moment, 10 seconds, and send out thoughts of power to them, the power to overcome this. We're all here on this planet together. So let's all root for each other. Let's all hope for each other. So take your 10 seconds starting now. All right, everyone. Thank you. Wishing all of you out there healthy, happy days ahead. And I'll see you next time.